wait, which one are we doing? It's the first one. <laughs> wait, what day are we on? It's the 520. The 528? Oh my God. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Blair. And I'm Kirsten. And we are Mediocre Mediocre Content. Content. And it is officially March. Can you believe it? Whoop, whoop. We're recording this in February, though. Just saying. So it's not really March yet. I mean, future me can't believe it either. (laughs) I know. Same. (laughs) I can't believe we're almost, well, by the time you guys hear this, we'll be three months into 2023. Uh, Wild. It's exhausting to think about so far into the future. And then once it's there, you're like, oh my gosh, it's already like the first week. I'm just going by. I know. It's just, it's all good things though. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, it's all good things. It is. Um, it is good things. <sighs> all right. I have a feeling this is going to be kind of, uh, a longer episode series maybe um if you don't know by the title this is going to be all about women's history month which correct you know is exciting and amazing um but i think usually our special kind of ish episodes kind of run long so you know buckle up <laughs> to get comfortable yeah i mean i think it's gonna be it's gonna be good we all month we're doing um like different we're profiling different females in all <laughs> aspects of uh um, life i guess you could and, say and you shouldn't wonder what we're referring to again if you've read the title of this episode <laughs> <laughs> women identify as many different things and sometimes it's um insects but we'll get to that I think you could have phrased that better, to be really honest with you, because it makes it seem like we're profiling women who think that they are insects, like human women who think that they're insects. Wait, you don't think that there are human women who think that there are insects? No, that they, like they are like them. them they identify themselves as a queen bee. Oh my gosh! They're probably (laughs) you got me so confused. (laughs) Say that again. Okay, all right. One more time. I Mm -hmm. way that you said that. Uh huh. Makes it seem like there are human women who I who go around and say that they are queen bees, like in a literal sense of the word. Oh. I don't think that they identify as bees. <laughs> Correct. We are oh, we are actually profiling today. <laughs> we are we are going over actual queen bees who are insects and not human people who think that they are queen bees. However, I would just like to say if you do please don't take offense it was not meant in that way. Right. If you do identify as an insect, that's that's perfectly fine. That is correct. Perfectly acceptable. But if you're just saying queen bee as in like I'm a baddie, that's also that, that's acceptable. That's also fine. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> Both are fine. fine. I meant it as the other one. <laughs> this, is, this is to no offense to Beyonce or the, no. or the Bayhive either. <laughs> Whatever they are. No. It, it this, is, yeah. This got very convoluted. Very well, you made my, bra- um, my brain spin. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Are the bees identifying as insects or what's happening? 
Uh, okay. With that, we should probably do a disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So clearly we don't know what we're talking about most of the time. Hashtag experts. Um, so if you come to the podcast, get any kind of advice, don't do that. And if uh, you want to learn about new things, you can come here for that. But just yeah. take it with a grain of salt. Okay? Absolutely, okay. please. Good. Done. All right. Good news. Moving on. It's the good news. I got a really fun story for you guys today. I'm excited. All right. <sighs> and it's about sheep. And I'm so excited. Okay. Adorable. All right. So sheep are being used to graze underneath solar panels. Mm-hmm. And this is very helpful and very beneficial for many reasons. And so, why? <laughs> so farmers, um, so everyone knows that farmers have recently, instead of growing crops, sometimes they rent out their fields to build mm-hmm. solar panels to have solar farms, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So farmers get profits from the solar panels and if they have the sheep, the sheep can get sheared and they make profits off of that as well. Nice. Okay. So that's beneficial for the farmers in two ways. Sure. <clears throat> the sheep get fed well by grazing mm-hmm. and the, and their grazing also enriches the soil, which in mm. turn gives the sheep better food and makes them grow fat and happy. And we love that for them. Beautiful. Number three Farmers don't have to hire a lawnmower. Isn't that great? <laughs> Wait, I would like to go back to the soil enrichment. Uh, yes. <laughs> is this just because they're grazing or because they're fertilizing and they're grazing? Both. Beautiful Both things. Okay. Just wanted to Both clarify. Things. Yeah. Um, Got it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> farmers don't have to hire a lawnmower, which is exciting for them. Another expense that they don't have to worry about. I mean, sheep are expensive, but they're also getting fed from the ground. So like, right. they don't have to spend that much money on food. Right. Um, and then sheep are literally designed for this because they are very task oriented mm-hmm. and they're short. Oh. For example, <laughs> they tried to do this with goats and it just went terribly because the goats ate some of the like goats will eat anything. Oh my gosh. So they tried to chomp on the wires of the solar panels. And they jumped because Jeep sheep like to be on tall things. Yes. Right. Or not oh, sheep. Man. Goats. 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 Like Jeep. Tall things. <laughs> yes. So goats like goats were like on top of the solar panels, which is defeats the purpose. They were blocking the sun from getting sure. into the solar panels. Makes sense. So the goats were not a vibe. Um, so then cows are all mm-hmm. cows have a similar temperament to sheep. They're also very task oriented, but mm-hmm. they're just too tall. These solar panels are like two or three feet off the ground and mm-hmm. that's too, too much. So the sheep right. use the solar panels as shelter and they get to eat the food. Of uh, the, the grass. By task oriented, I'm assuming you mean the task of eating. Correct. Okay. Correct. Constantly. Yes. <laughs> the sheep have one job and their job <laughs> is to eat. The grass. And that's it. Yeah. Secondary. And then the the solar panels provide some shelter for them. Right. Which is nice. And, you know, it's a win-win situation. And the last thing is that the farmers, since they're not using these fields for any particular crops, I mean, they could, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also plant plants that are good for pollinators Mm -hmm. and the sheep will also eat those very topical. Which is, yeah. So, I mean, it's helping, let's see, we're, we're helping the sheep by giving them food and shelter. Mm-hmm. We're helping the farmers by saving them money. 
And we're helping the pollinators by planting things that are yummy to sheep, but also good for pollinators. And we're kind of helping the earth too, because less equipment out on the fields means less damage to the natural resources, but also less pollution coming out of like the tractor or the lawnmower or whatever you would use to nat to to unnaturally get rid of the grass. Correct. And yeah. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Blair, how like the methane that the hmm. sheep are giving off that would oh, probably sheep contribute. Farts. Got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. So you would probably that would consider to the contribute to the greenhouse gases. And you would be correct. That is true. <laughs> but it is negated by the solar power in which we are using the solar panels for. So, so the yeah. math all works out. Solar panels okay. were able to dissipate sheep farts. That should be a news article. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, oh, this is it. a great idea, I think. And I, I think love so it. Too. <laughs> and in Virginia, New York, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, they've already started doing this. <laughs> I believe Virginia, that Virginia currently has 72,000 sheep just for this. I am so surprised by Maryland. I don't know why I know I like I've lived in Maryland, so I understand that there is farmland there. Yeah. I wonder how many sheep they have. Um, probably enough to make that one state smell as it does. No offense to anyone living in Maryland. However, <laughs> I don't think the solar power is winning out on that one. <laughs> There is much to be discovered and it's a work in progress. <laughs> you need more sheep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but basically sheep, good solar sheep power, good, good. farmers, good. happy. <laughs> That's some good news. I love it. It's the best news. All right. So this is a little bit more depending on how you look at it. Mm. It's, um, but basically we're seeing in the news, in the wellness side mm. of the news that mm -hmm. bread is now back in favor thank god <laughs> because i remember growing up rice cakes up. were like the only carbohydrate that was Ugh. acceptable don't even get me started and so we like carbs again we're very excited everyone's excited this is um, not transitionary for me <laughs> <laughs> i hate to say <laughs> however According to the dietitian in this article that I found on uh, CNN.com, <laughs> um, the not all bread is created equal. Okay. So yeah. we are on a mission to find the healthiest bread. And this mm -hmm. is how you do that. So if you want like white bread, you like white bread. Sure. And sourdough is your best option because mm -hmm. it is basically fermented bread based on you know, the sourdough starter and all that stuff. And then you bake it and all the, it still has the microbes that are good for your gut. So that's exciting. Can we and back up a second? What? Fermented? Yeah. The sourdough starter is yeast that's like fermented. And that's why it has that like sour flavor. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to eat mold bread. Oh my gosh. I All bread really is like mold sourdough. bread. It's just stopped at a different time. <laughs> That's fair. Well, you didn't have to say it like that. You're welcome. It's oh, like, no. it's like the all eggs are chicken periods. <laughs> ruined eggs for like everyone. So don't say it like that. 
You're welcome. Ruined All chickens right. and bread today. <laughs> this is this is science, but I didn't ruin sheep for you though. Yeah, sheep are in. I'm in. Sheep are sheep are in. <laughs> All right. So sourdough is good for you if you like white bread. Um, it's good for your gut, and it's also easier for people who are gluten intolerant to digest. Nice. Now, if you are looking for a whole wheat or whole grain option. They usually have those kinds of breads usually have more fiber, which is good for you. Good for your gut. We like fiber. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can, but you just have to be careful because some of the bread that you find in the stores, you know, their first ingredient is not always whole Hmm. grains. Okay. Okay. So just read your labels, be conscious of that. Look at the fiber content and you'll be fine. If you want a little extra fiber, you can get the bread with the like seeds around the rim mm, or around mm-hmm, the rim, I guess, mm-hmm. like on the crust. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. And that is always a good option as well. Um, but if the best option mm-hmm. is to go to your local bakery and get fresh bread. And I know that's not possible for everyone. Yeah. Um, but if you have the opportunity to do so or like a farmer's market or something like that, mm-hmm. get your bread from a local person who bakes it themselves or make it yourself that's right if you're so inclined you can do that yes bread makers uh, exist uh, um yeah and then the other thing the dietitian said that the low calorie breads she said those are no good because they have a lot of that. extra chemicals and stuff in them that make them low calorie yes yeah so. exactly you're better just going all natural because calories aren't necessarily i mean calories are not bad you need calories to survive and thrive correct and all of those things but you just have to be careful where they're coming from because if they are chemically and you're like oh this is great but it's not actually doing your body any good that's yeah that's definitely something to be aware of yeah. i am want- not the person that makes bread though <laughs> no 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 uh, I also don't, don't have time for that. Though. No, uh, we have bakeries around here, but we, it's just like, uh, I just, it's like more than one stop. I'm not going to lie. I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> I understand. That's telling of me, but that's fine. So just a grain of salt for everyone. Um, have, have your bread, just make sure it's good bread that you like Yeah, good bread. and it's calorie dense and it's good for you. Exactly. It's not all bread tastes good either. Now That's I'm really true. having a conniption over the sourdough, but I'll move on. <laughs> we can come back for it later. We can do like therapy <laughs> later for you. About sourdough sourdough bread. bread therapy. Sad. Um, well, that's some excellent news. Uh, I don't have anything else associated with bread, uh, but I do. No transition. Have... <laughs> no, no transition no from that. I'm just right. sad about it, honestly. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined bread for you. No, it's fine. Um, I'm, I'll just kick us off. Women are great. Um, true. Absolutely and, true. And this month we are celebrating them uh, with an unconventional topic about... Starting off strong. Um, we're talking about queen bees, and I do mean the insect in this case. I want to be very clear. We're on board. Um, You can be a bad bay all you want, but we're talking about bees today. (laughs) Uh, So the queen bee is amazing. And if you don't know, she lives in a hive of other females, typically. And she is the mother of all of those bees in the hive. She's responsible for laying all the eggs, 
that will become female worker bees or a male drone. And she lives her life inside that hive attended to by her lovely worker bees who groom and feed her and she lives her best life. Um, it's giving spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the queen bees are spoiled. <laughs> it's giving Cleopatra and then like the sun, the, she's got two worker bees just like fanning her with like honeycomb. She's getting grapes or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know. know uh anyway <laughs> so for the spoiled honeybees <laughs> can sense when they need a new queen um, and this is important because we're going to go through essentially the start and the end to a queen bee in a hive so you have all of your worker bees that are female male are you saying are you saying by the end of this we're going to see how the queen bee finally meets her doom. Indeed. Yes. No, they're doomed. Yes. This will Um, be fun. It's actually, when I was reading through this, I was like, that's really aggressive. That is more aggressive than I thought it was going to be. And you're going to be a little shocked, Um, shocked and appalled. Uh, I'm so excited. (laughs) So great. Strong, independent women in here. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, So let's say we're in a hive. Okay. Yes. And All we're right. female worker bees and we're just buzzing around, right? We've got work to do, comb to make, all that. Got it. Suddenly, we sense in our little tiny bee bodies, Queen's not doing so good, right? She's putting off our pheromones. spidey senses are tingling. We're not spiders. Let me reiterate no. <laughs> we are bees. <laughs> Those are you arachnids. Know I, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. you know, okay, fine. All right. <laughs> Basically, what's happening is the queen is producing lower levels of her pheromone that basically tells all of her worker bees, hey, I'm good. Life is great. Keep doing what you're doing. It's falling off a little bit. She ain't feeling that great. Uh oh. Um, the nurse bees, which is very fun. That's what I'm going to call you oh. from now on. Nurse Blair nurse- Bee. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, will select from about 10 to 20 newly hatched female larvae and with this pheromone she's like uh not doing good she gonna start giving those little baby larvae a diet of what's called royal jelly and this is something that is secreted from the top of their heads which is also kind of interesting (laughs) i don't know uh the royal jelly is made of proteins simple sugars fatty acids b vitamins trace minerals and antibacterial and antibiotic components b vitamins b vitamins for the bees so it's b vitamins i feel like this is gonna be be very punny (laughs) it is starting off to be very funny um but yes it's got all of those b vitamins um, and actually just kind of taking on a little tangent here, they do use royal jelly in a lot of uh, medicine science and a lot of um, uh, like medication therapies for their antibacterial and antibiotic components. So royal nice. jelly is you'll you'll if you look up, you know, literature on studies that are on royal jelly, it's typically associated with medicine and things like that because it has those properties. So just kind of a fun fact on the side. Cool. Um, but basically they're secreting this, feeding this to the female larvae that they choose and select because basically what's happening is they're going to turn one of those larvae into new queens 
that will then replace the queen who's currently not doing very well. Makes sense. So these so, now, so the yeah. nurse bees are like the <laughs> <laughs> the scouts. nurse bees are indeed the talent scouts. <laughs> they're out, it. you know, it just, they're just vibing. They're like, you know what? You look like an excellent candidate for this. <laughs> Love it. Okay, great. And they're babies. So they don't know. Right. Um, but each queen will develop then in what's called a queen cell. And it kind of looks like a peanut shape is what they indicated. And mm. when the queen bee larvae is ready to pupate, which just means metamorphosize. I love that word. Anyway. Pupate. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, when they're ready, the worker bees will cap the cell and then she will go ahead and do her little transformation inside the cell. Uh, it's about 15 days for a full development, and then she will chew her way out of the cell with the help of some of the worker bees, and this is where things get aggressive. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> All right. The queen bee of choice has chewed her way out of her queen cell. She's about to do some very violent things to her sister's. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I think you're about to, I think you're about to answer it. I think you're about to answer it. No, okay. okay. Continue. So continue. she's out of her cell and her first instinct is I have to murder my sisters. <laughs> Cause apparently Can you say that again? Murder. Cause I don't want to say oh, the okay. other word. Right. Uh, she needs to get rid of the competition. This is what's happening. Okay. So, okay. She will elicit a noise. It's called piping. And basically it's a chirp. And she's like, hey. And all of her sisters then go, hey. And then she knows exactly where they are. And then she stabs them viciously to death with her stinger. But they all have this. <laughs> yes. I, this is what I don't understand. So they it's, all. It's like the first emergent is what I'm understanding. Okay. So if, if whoever's the first to emerge is and, the one yeah. that wins. That's my okay. impression. I would assume if multiple have emerged, they would just continue to fight to the death. Fight to the death. Fight to the death. Uh, but <laughs> so uh, that's what they're doing to their, their hive mates, right? The, the ones that are also kind of in this queen cell, the candidates. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if her mother, the current queen, has not swarmed away, which just basically means the queen may take a group and go away and start like a new hive somewhere else if she doesn't do that and she's still in the hive as the new but one she's is like but she's like dying sure so she leaves when she's dying some of them do apparently oh okay all yeah. right they're just like all right audi 500 i'm out you know cool got it sometimes they don't and so they residing there you can't have two they will also end her life <laughs> That seems reasonable. <laughs> All right. Seems legit. Seems seems accurate for what based on what little sure. I know about this already. <laughs> seems seems in character. Correct. Um and so now they have this, you know, all the competition is gone. And she'll do something called like a like a one-time flight where she'll go to all the male drones that are in there. And basically what she's doing is collecting um <clears throat> the male gene and oh. producing okay. the opportunity to then lay eggs as the new queen in the hive can i need i need to ask a question <laughs> before you do that let me just add this one thing okay okay, okay. so after her lap around the hive in her hoe phase 
she now has enough fertilized eggs for the next three to five years. Can you um, oh, that is okay. that was my sanity. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so she does one lap and she's good for like a whole five years. OK, so she's you really she's be good. getting it on. Man. She she's like, I'm new at life. I have now bedirted my whole sister clan and my mom. And now I'm entering my H.O.E. phase. <laughs> I'm good for the next (laughs) (laughs) she's a bad bae okay she came into this world swinging (laughs) okay okay I mean that is some big d energy right there that's a big entrance to the world Uh (laughs) yeah um for the most part for the rest of her life she's just attended to also right again a little so in the first like Day of yeah life. she like does all the work she's ever gonna correct. have to do correct and she yeah. just chills for the rest of her that life seems great actually. it does yeah um but she'll drag her abdomen along the hive as they're walking through because basically what they're doing is selecting areas for brood chambers and this is you know uh boxes in the hive where the queen can live if the mm. cell is empty she will drop her abdomen into the cell lay an egg um which is great and then that larvae will turn into usually a worker bee or i think maybe a male drone depending on what they need at the time i'm not 100 percent sure how that works um but most insects just another fast fact most insects that you encounter are female so yeah oh yeah interesting that is a that is something i learned on the nature hikes with uh linda fink Oh, um, <laughs> do you know who that is? I'm sure That's you do. Interesting. I do. Um, uh, yeah, most insects apparently are female that you encounter in the world. Uh, wow, it's amazing. And in the summertime, um, she can lay up to two thousand of those eggs a day. Incredible. So keep in mind, she's laying two thousand eggs a day in the summertime, but she's also good for the next three to five years. That is a ton of eggs. What an interesting day she had <laughs> her first day. <laughs> she was what fully an, equipped, ready to roll. You what know? an interesting time. Um, she will stop from time to time if she needs a groom or a bite to eat from her attendants. And they will basically form circle around her and walk around her, spreading her pheromone through the hive, basically telling everybody, hey, doing good, thriving here. And they'll all be like, awesome. We will continue to do what we're doing. And that's pretty much it for the beginning of her life. And then, you know, as she starts to kind of fade or maybe she leaves the hive in a swarm and, you know, starts another hive somewhere else, same process repeats itself. And that is the life cycle of a new uh, queen bee. (laughs) So, okay. So you mentioned Hmm. like, swarming indeed and i know that there's like really interesting videos of this all over the internet yes and so i don't know if you know the answer to this question but like usually mm-hmm. with a swarm like the first thing people try to do is locate the queen like in the correct swarm. yeah and that's how they like relocate them to another place correct so is a swarm always caused by the queen just like leaving her main hive because she's like dying or is it because 
I guess sometimes mm. they get like misplaced or like unhoused yeah. maybe. I'm way. honestly not sure. Uh, I wish I knew more. My I, At some point I would love to have an apiary and, you know, learn all of these things and like mm-hmm. be able to, you know, better understand how their lifestyle works. And I know that, you know, outside of just understanding how they live, where they live, how they get from place to place, where they swarm, when they, all of those things. There's also like different bacterias and illnesses that are going on that they're trying to combat. I mean, we had the good news, like, I don't remember what episode. About it was them. a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. About trying to fix, uh, you know, that one type of disease that they're experiencing. So like, I don't actually know, but I would love to know. And listener, if you know, feel free to send it in. We always let you know how to connect with us, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. One of my cousins has an apiary. I would love to have one. I want one so bad, but it's kind of difficult to do when you don't live in your own house. Yeah. It would definitely be weird if like you rented a place and (laughs) you have bees now. So enjoy. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) You can't just like take them with you in the car. It doesn't work that way. And also I feel, I'm honestly super jealous because I kind of thought that I would want them in my house or like in a weird spot that where they wouldn't thrive. But I'm also like, you know, there are tons of people that have like full boxes ready for the bees to be like, Hey, want to chill here? And then they just end up in someone's like attic space naturally (laughs) just thriving. Oh my goodness. I would be, I'm so jealous of that. I feel like that's what would happen to me. Yeah. I, it's interesting how animals do that, right? They're yeah. like, nope, I'm, this is a perfectly good home. And, uh, I'm just going to go in somebody's attic instead. Literally buys a cat tree, cat plays in box. Like that's what it feels right. like, you know? Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. They're um, like, mm, the vibes are not right. No, <laughs> just really throw me off. I feel like that's what it's going to be like to have pet bees. But, um, anyway, uh, do you want to buzz on over to the ad segment? <laughs> I love how you did that. And yes, let's buzz right on over. Hi, Kirsten. Hi, Blair. Do you have cats? Why, yes, I do. Then you should play mediocre content for your cats. And why is that? Because it has been shown to soothe cats and reduce hairballs. Really? Yes. In fact, I play mediocre content for my cats, too. Mediocre content is for all pets. That's so great to know. I will play mediocre content for my cats right now. You should. Everyone should listen to mediocre content with their pets today. Mediocre content has not been shown to reduce hairballs or soothe any animals of any species. In fact, it's very probable to create the exact opposite effect. Please use caution while exposing your furry friends to mediocre content. It's also pretty dodgy for humans to listen at your own risk. Mediocre content is not responsible for any negative effects of podcast listening. And welcome back, everybody. We are racing into the second half of our beautiful Queen Bee segment literal queen bees um and secret bays <laughs> this is very cool i'm just looking over this oh yeah very excited okay so technically the second half is not going to be as focused on the queen bee so much as bees in general um because the classification as far as i could tell was if you're considered a bee you're a bee because you have a queen in a hive structure of some sort with the queen included so we're just going to go with that i thought um, they were bees because they sting people that is not have, true and they have like they look like a bee this is interesting 
you will find out in the rest of this. However, not all bees have stingers. Uh, yeah. So how misleading. I know. Confusion. Um, okay. So numbers. There are 20,000 known bees species throughout the world. And 4,000 of those are native to the United States. Okay. Yeah. That's a big that's, number. That's a good chunk. Yeah. We don't have a lot of them, but, you know, that's okay. Um, They range from super teeny tiny at about two millimeters. Um, and that particularly is called the uh, solitary perdita minima. Uh, minima probably meaning minimal or small small as hell <laughs> Shamal. <laughs> uh, also known as the world's smallest bee obviously uh, and then for some reason we're now comparing them to uh, food and it says up to a kumquat size species the carpenter bee and I gotta be honest oh I, I don't know. know how big a kumquat is <laughs> I do oh I good do. <laughs> I would say ping pong ball sized okay that's sizable yeah nice yeah carpenter bees i know who they are oh yes yeah Mm. they're good they're special they're fat (laughs) don't call them out like that i'm sorry i don't mean to fat shame the carpenter bees but they are big boys (sighs) they are the biggest uh, biggest girls oh excuse me again (laughs) i misgendered them (laughs) so it's so aggressive being so (laughs) mean to the bees why don't we go over the bees? Let's, okay. let's go over the types of bees then. All right. Educate me. Okay. So we have a couple of types that are similar to each other. So the first three are all different kinds of what's known as sweat bees. And I think a lot of people know what these are. They're kind of on the smaller side for the most part. Um, the first one is the green metallic sweat bee. Uh, they're about a quarter inch long and they're typically this beautiful metallic green kind of color nice um the pictures of them are actually really pretty uh there's also the striped green sweat bee this one reminded me of those uh you know how you have like the um the stripers mints like the hard mints okay they look like the green ones of those uh oh okay well their their abdomen does anyway um they have a green metallic head and thorax with a yellow and black striped abdomen if you look at the photo you will see that metallic green and it looks like striping on the back looks like a full mint uh and then there's just regular sweat bees that aren't really characterized by any of those other things and they're just tiny little bees that measure about a quarter to a half an inch long they are small and they're like the typical black yellowish abdomen type Yes. Those are sweat bees. Then we get into bumblebees. They're very hairy and they are half to a full inch in length. And they can be various colors of black, white, yellow, orange, and kind of a rusty brown. So they have a really wide variety of different color combinations that they can be. But they're the little fuzzy boys or girls, depending (laughs) of how you would like to classify them. I mean, mostly girls if we're based on what you told me earlier. Yeah. Then there are leaf cutter bees. They're very industrious. They use their little mandibles to move pieces of leaf and they'll take it back to their nest. And they just use those to build little cups that kind of stack on top of one another. And each little cup that's built will hold a single egg. Uh, and then, of course, whatever the larvae needs to grow and be strong and 
you know, form as another leaf cutter bee. Uh, these bees are about half an inch long and there's about 140 species of these in North America. Uh, the one distinct feature of these is like an upward tipped, flattened, stripped abdomen, <laughs> which is very weird. The picture, I feel like I would know what it is, but then I would look at it and be like, well, you could be any of these bees. So is it distinctive yeah. for someone who doesn't know what they're looking at? No. Um, then we have longhorn bees. This is interesting because it specifically denotes the characteristics of the male. The males of this type of bee have extremely long antennae. And I feel like if you, this is, this to me is a very distinctive feature. Like if it was a female, you might not know, but if you saw this bee, and it was the male version, you'd be like, ugh, that's a longhorn bee. Um, they're about half an inch long, and they have hairy little legs and thoraxes, and they have bands of pale colored hair along their abdomen, and they love sunflowers, was what the article said specifically. Interesting. <laughs> so Stay good away from sunflowers. Yeah, <laughs> be weary of sunflowers. And I think about that, though, because I've been to many sunflower patches in my lifetime, and I wonder... If I've encountered this type of bee before and just didn't know what type it was. Probably. I mean, you know, I feel like most people, if it's flying yeah. and it looks like it could potentially be a bee, <laughs> they usually don't stick around long enough to like figure it out. No, that's fair. I have no problem with the bees at Sunflower Farms, though, because they're usually preoccupied, you know, yeah. like they're busy. Yeah. yeah. Very preoccupied. Um, then we're on to Blair's favorite, the carpenter bee. <laughs> Um, they're carpenter bees because of what they typically eat. Um, they make nests out of wooden pieces of, you know, your fence, yes, they your do. shed, your barn. Yes, they do. Uh, and they will chew that stuff to ruin, <laughs> um, especially so, if it's a huge colony. May I tell a brief oh, story? Oh, please. Absolutely. Okay. So my family used to live when we were little kids we used to live in a farmhouse and in the oh. backyard hmm. um we had we lived on like an acre of land and then there was a huge like red barn in hmm. the back okay and this barn was not functional for like anything really um my dad just put like tools and like hmm. old wood and you know just mm -hmm. you know typical stuff. things yeah stuff like workshop yeah. stuff like right. in in the barn so my first experience with carpenter bees <laughs> was in this barn. Yes. And they would just burn holes that mm -hmm. were like a quarter in width and mm -hmm. diameter um, in the side of the barn. And anytime you even got like within five feet mm -hmm. of the barn, you could hear the buzzing. Mm -hmm. Like, it, and it aggressive. was very aggressive and <laughs> I was always kind of afraid of them but that's also kind of how I learned like if you yeah. don't bother them they won't bother you you know bees well, are very task oriented for the most part <laughs> like sheep <laughs> like sheep <laughs> um yes and it's interesting that you say that because uh the males don't have stingers and they're usually the ones that would right. buzz around you to try and like say, hey, go away. I, I live here. Right. Um, they're pretty harmless altogether other than the chewing of your structures. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> they do more physical damage to the structure than they would do to you. It's basically yes. that. 
So um, yeah, that's great. Anyway, that's that's my experience with carpenter bees. So you love them. They're all right. We ex- <laughs> we're acquaintances. We're workplace proximity associates. <laughs> if you ever want to identify one of these things, they do have a pretty loud buzz, and they are oh, fairly my sizable God. as They're well. They're giant. They're they so are. big. They're up there with the um the bumblebees. Like they are large. Um, yeah. But the difference between the carpenter bee and the bumblebee is the bumblebees are completely fuzzed out, whereas a carpenter bee is actually bald on its abdomen and it just has like a fuzzy head area. Yeah. Um, so that's like the easiest way. And again, but the larger bees are weirdly enough the most docile of <laughs> the bee types for the most part. That makes part. sense, though. Like larger animals are usually yeah, more docile. Exactly. Um, but there are smaller comp- carpenter bees and they're literally called small carpenter bees (laughs) um they're about a quarter inch long and they're dark black and they have kind of like a metallic sheen to them Mm -hmm. um and there are about 20 species of these uh they're really easy to identify they're about barrel shaped blunt ended abdomen kind of look and a stocky blocky head Um, okay and some uh, species will even have like kind of a white marking on their face. But honestly, even if you didn't know, just the size alone difference would tell you if you had them side by side, you'd be like, ah, this is the smaller version of this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then there's Carter bees known for collecting fuzz from plant leaves, which is adorable. Uh, they will use this to line the nests that they're making. And there's about 20 plus native species found in the Southwest area. That's where they reside most of the time. Interesting. They're around half an inch long. They have a smooth upper abdomen and a clear pattern of yellow or white markings. Uh, so pretty distinctive. But again, you're probably only going to find them in the Southwest of the United States. And then European honeybees, which, as the name implies, they are not native here. Um, They're actually found in Europe, and they were brought over here. Um, They're about half an inch long with black and honey-colored stripes, and it's probably the one that you encounter the most. Um, If you look into your garden, that's probably what you're going to find, unless there's a carpenter bee in your barn. So (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But those are the, those are, that's what we got. Uh, and all of these are species. So you, you hear carpenter bees and longhorn bees. There are tons of different species within those. So that's where you get like the 4,000 native species. It's just, that's just a type of bee that has multiple species within the type. Got just it. Clarifying there. The web gets bigger. Oh, so dense. And it takes me, takes me back to college. Um, And then I also, I kind of wanted to include this because I think it's important. We were talking about the apiaries and, you know, kind of uh, what we can do to contribute to the longevity of our pollinators. And then also the sheep segment in your good news. It's like, what are we doing to assist? And there's multiple different pollinators, but bees, for example. Um, What you can do to help the bees and, you know, keep the queen living her best bay life is to learn to identify these native bees. Do a little bit of research. See what's in your garden, what's around you, what's thriving, and just kind of do your own research in that way. We're always big advocates of that. But and especially do this, to help. Do this from a safe distance. You don't have to get all up in their grill. <laughs> do <Okay>. not. <laughs> they um, will not appreciate it. <laughs> and also, if you don't know if you're allergic to bees Ooh, or not, yeah. just be careful. Be okay? cautious. And if you are allergic to bees, you can still help. Just keep your epidural. That's right. Epidural. Epidural. Oh my gosh. 
I'm, oh. I've got Queen Bee on the mind. I'm like, she's going to need an epidural for like 2,000 <laughs> eggs a day. Stop it. Oh, sorry. Um, EpiPen. She means her EpiPen. Yes, EpiPen. But also feel free to get an epidural if you feel like you need one. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, protect their habitats. <laughs> Similar to the sheep section of this podcast. Uh you may have a habitat that's conducive for them already, but you can also do things that make sense. So planting or preserving areas that are left, you know, to their own devices. Yeah. You can look up specific pollinator plants that work well in the area that you can plant to help them. I saw a guy on TikTok. If you mm. have extra room in your yard and mm-hmm. you don't care about having like a really organized garden mm-hmm. or want to put a lot of effort into your garden at all Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just go to like home depot or lowe's or whatever and get like a 50 cent pack of wildflower seeds Mm -hmm. and just sprinkle them all over your ground and they'll just do the work for you and i have seen also in the same vein of people literally just not caring about their yard at all and just planting wildflowers and it's just their whole yard or i've also seen this is Mm -hmm, going mm -hmm. on a tangent no one's like instead of getting regular grass get like clover in your yes yard. i have heard that also because it doesn't it doesn't mess up the soil as much and it doesn't grow very tall so you'd never yes. have to mow your lawn and and it's soft yeah and, and cute. cute and cute and it's good for bunnies <laughs> and bees and all it kinds is. of other stuff exactly so and again you know like we said there are some bees that are in the southwest there are some that are in the northeast you know Figure out what your bees would like or your pollinators are into. Figure out what your soil can handle or what your yard can do. And then just kind of base it off of that. Um, There's multiple different techniques uh, that you can use to to help these guys out. Absolutely. But also be mindful of your own garden management practices. There's a lot of insects in general that are highly sensitive to pesticides. So if you do feel like you need to get rid of maybe an unwanted pest because they're invasive, just consider the best way to do that without impacting negatively the other insects that are doing well in your garden and should be there to help, you know, your garden out. Exactly. Um, create pollinator habitats. You can do this naturally, or, you know, there's also bee boxes and things for apiaries that you can use. Um, and then other kinds of nesting sites, again, figure out what bees are near you. They may have different nesting habits that you have to consider such as like funnel or tunnel nesting, or there's some bees that create those cups. So just kind of figure out, you know, what they like, what they prefer. And if you can provide natural options, great. Um, but artificial are also welcome. And that's exactly. kind of that's kind of it on the bees, honestly. Um, we love we love that. It started a little turbulent. I'm not gonna lie. I, <laughs> I can't believe violent stream violence, and they were like, "Help save the bees." <laughs> uh, it's a big 180 for the podcast. I know. <laughs> but um, oh, it's good. All I'm good excited things. that you know this is the start of our Women's History Month. I think it's a great way to start. Uh, it's not conventional, which is always fun. And next know. week we'll have an actual woman. <laughs> a human woman. <laughs> yeah. A human woman. A human woman. I'm excited. This is going to be a great series. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? I don't think so. I think we're okay. good. Okay. All right. 
cool 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 um then um we'll wrap up this episode feel free to send us an email with any questions comments or concerns or episode topic <laughs> suggestions definitely concerns <laughs> let us know if you're concerned <laughs> Um, you can send us those at mediocrecontentpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at mediocre squawks or follow us on Instagram at mediocrecontentpodcast. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.